Welcome to Her Fantasy Football. You can hear us on Blog Talk Radio slash Her Fantasy Football and on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe to us on HerFantasyFootball.com so you can hear what we're doing this offseason. Also, you can print off our amazing cheat sheet at HerFantasyFootball.com slash cheat sheet. And a friendly reminder, make sure to tune into our radio show on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Network from 9 to 11 Eastern on Saturday night. Also, you can chat with us on Twitter at HerFantasyFB and on Facebook slash HerFantasyFootball. I'm your host Courtney Kirby and the band is back together first time in a few weeks I'm here with my sisters and co-hosts Brandon Marianne Lee and Ashley Williams we just got back from Canada oh Canada colder than I thought it was we just got on an off week I guess so it was was really nice because we came back to Denver and it's like 89 degrees Mm Enough already. Enough. Um, we are going to be going division by division, starting off with the NFC East, finishing off with the AFC West. So we will go over our briefly touch on must starts. I think we are all pretty familiar to who we want to start. And if we put them in the must start category, then you can draft them with ease. We will have our worried people, maybe people that are that you are going to draft, but that we just have some concerns about and some deeper picks in the drafts, kind of our sleepers or guys that are going low that there's maybe a reason why they're going low. So we'll start off with the NFC East with Brandon and the New York Giants, her home team's rifles. Yes, yes, yes. I'm kind of just pro New York. It's fine. Okay. I mean, what's so, you know, it's okay. I don't know. So you're a Yankees fan. Sure. Okay. Sure. I mean, I don't know. I I, (laughs) sure I'm a Colorado fan first, but you know, I live here. So it's nice to go to games. I don't know. I'll go to a Giants game. If they ask me, it's fine. Uh, (laughs) Yes. So the definitely the people that you must start is obviously Odell Beckham Jr. Now the good news is that we got some really good news and it seems like he's going to be back for week one. He sprained his ankle and people thought that he was going to miss some time, but it looks like that may not be the case. In fact, um, Ben McAdoo came out, said he was hopeful that he was going to be ready for week one. Um, He says he's going to be fine. I, I, I think he's going to be fine. I think at most he misses one game. Um, and I, I don't know why. I, I think this is good stuff. And you can get him at kind of a discount, not like a huge discount, but if you're in auction leagues, he might go a little bit cheaper than you think he's going to. Although I just did an auction draft tonight, and he was the most expensive wide receiver to go off the board because everyone else had gone off the board already and people wanted an elite option. Um, so, you know, you never know, you guys, you never know. Uh, another person that's been hurt who's in the worried category is Brandon Marshall. He has a shoulder injury. Supposedly the giants aren't concerned. I am. Am I allowed to be concerned? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I'm worried about him. Uh, he definitely is a great, you know, touchdown threat. People are excited about that. Um, but the reason why we're worried is because he hasn't really been able to practice with the team. He hasn't really acclimated yet. I just, I don't know. I think that the shoulder injury is a little bit bigger. And again, because he's older, he's not a young man anymore. And, um, I'm going to tell this story one more time. I tell it every season about my beautiful Russian friend who, um, when I moved to New York, I was in my mid twenties and he was in his thirties and he was talking about being old. And I, and I said, Oh, you look great. He's like, I know. 
it just takes longer. <laughs> and I think that's what's going on here. I mean, I think, I think you know, listen, he, he's, he's 33 years old. It just takes longer in terms of recovering from injuries. So that's why I'm nervous about him. Evan Engram is someone that I'm nervous about, but I'm starting to get less nervous about, to be honest with you, because he has been doing the every down role of a tight end that we are surprised that he's playing because of pass protection, which supposedly he was weak at in college. But certainly, I guess they trust him. Now, Evan Ingram is not someone that you need to draft high by any means. Um, but, you know, hey, if you're in a really deep league and you need a flyer, you could do worse. Sterling Shepard, um, I don't know. He's he's the third wide out. The Giants have the most three wide receiver sets in the National Football League. Also worried. And then Pearl Perkins. No one has any idea what's going on with this backfield. In fact, the only person I would kind of like, which is my deeper pick, is Shane Vereen. You heard me. Hmm. I kind of like these hmm. pass catching backs really, really late that you can get for value. So I guess that he's one of my deep, deep picks and not a deep pick other than the fact that you take your defense towards the end. But I also like the New York Giants defense. Eli Manning, on the other hand, mm -mm. your favorite. Mm -mm -mm. You guys, it just keeps just keeps getting bad. Uh, seven for 14 for 121 yards and an interception in the third preseason game, which is supposed to be the uh, uh, dress rehearsal. Let's just say, uh, again, supposedly bad dress rehearsal, great show. <laughs> That's all yeah, I got to say about that. Eli Manning is so vanilla. There's no way he's in any, any great show. I mean... You know, he could be in Shakespeare in the Park somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah. Is the guy who's like moving the cardboard box back and forth. Yeah. So it looks like there's I was like, Eli the has no emotion. <laughs> yeah. I think he's funny, though. He did all that stuff with Peyton. He could be a funny, I don't know. Anyway, I'm just saying it's it, he does not look quick to me at all. Not that he's ever been quick, but just FYI. Nice. All right, Ashley, we have the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. First of all, I think Eli just looks like Eli, so I'm not too nervous about it. But per use. Per, yeah, but I'm not drafting Eli Manning. So um my must starts is Zach Ertz. And I'm not a Zach Ertz lady. I'm not gonna lie to you. There's something that just doesn't feel elite about Zach Ertz. But at the same time, he was the sixth highest scoring tight end last year. He had over 800 yards. He only had four touchdowns. But if you look at who the top two tight ends were last year, they both had over 1,000 yards, which was Kelsey and Olsen. But they also only had four touchdowns. So in theory, if he could just get a couple more touchdowns, he actually would have a chance at being a top three tight end potentially. I love Zach Ertz. There's just something unappealing about him to me. There's nothing wrong with him, right? But I don't, he's not a guy that I'm always like, ooh, I'm targeting Zach Ertz. But in reality, I mean, he's got potential to have a really good season this year. We all are going to be like, I mean, our only good tight ends are all like at retirement age. Does that scare really anybody are. else when Delaney Walker, Greg Olson, Rob Ronkowski are no longer playing in the NFL? Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry, my friend. <laughs> That's right. One, one guy. OJ Howard. won't be playing either, I'm sure. Evan Ingram. I'm Evan feeling Ingram. okay, actually. Yep. He's coming okay, on up. Nice. Gerald Everett. All right. I'm feeling are, okay. Wow. Okay. Sure. I'm not sure. feeling great. I hear a I lot think... of Eric Ebron's coming out of your mouth. <laughs> no, no. A lot of potential. Never. A lot of potential. No, okay. I, 
I definitely like Zach Ertz more like Eric Ebron, and that's saying something because I really don't Not like much. Eric Ebron. Um, anyway, I think you got to he's a start, right? So um, I like him. You can get him in the eighth round, so there's really good value there. He's the 10th tight end coming off the board, so he's being valued a lot lower than what his – value was last year in terms of where he fell. So I think he's a good pickup for this year for you to, to target. I'm a little worried about LeGarrette Blount, mainly because I just can't get away from the chatter that he might not make the team. <laughs> like, what is going I just, I'm, I'm annoyed. This is what annoys me in preseason is that he's a ground and pound back, which never does incredibly well in the preseason. And he's had very limited snaps, right? Um, he's only had 13 carries. So that's not a whole lot. He's averaging less than three yards, which is certainly not great. But the organization has come out and said that, no, he's not going to be cut and he's going to have a very large role in this offense. So I'm just worried because I don't know where all this chatter is coming from. And usually when chatter is coming, there's a reason for it, but it just doesn't compute in my head right now. You can get him in the sixth round. He's a 29th running back off the board. So he's basically a uh, uh, running back three. I'm fine with him as a running back three. He was a top 10 running back last year. Now granted he's in a different offense this year and he did come into camp a little bit heavy. He still has a few pounds that are on, but again, I'm not too concerned because he's ground pound back. Um, it's just I'll never chatter. forget. I'll never forget the moment we were all sitting. I think it might have been around a fantasy draft, in fact. And word had come out that Tiger Woods was cheating on his wife and they had an altercation and that she was leaving him. And it was like in one of those trashy magazines, like Esquire or something. And you said, you're like, well, usually when there's a story about it, there's some truth to it. And like two days later, it broke on ESPN. I was, I never forgot that. I'm like, typically if there's a story, there's I know, some I know. And that's what makes me a little bit nervous about it. But I guess at the same time, if he's your third running back off the board, I don't, I don't think there's a whole lot of risk there for the potential upside that you could get for him. But I'm just saying in general, I'm worried because the chatter's not going away despite the organization saying differently. So I, I don't know, just a little something to throw out there, something to think about. Alshon Jeffrey, I'm also a little bit worried about because you have to get him in the fourth. He's the 17th wide receiver off the board, which makes him a wide receiver too. My issue is just the injuries. Like we talked about with Brandon's players, is that this is one of those injury-prone players here that he played nine games in 2015 and only 12 games in 2016. Granted, he had over 800 yards in both seasons, so he was incredibly productive when he was on the field. If you look at the top 25 receivers, that's your wide receiver too, which is theories where he should fall. All of them had over 900 yards other than Jamison Crowder uh, at 847, which was more than Alshon Jeffrey. So if you look at his last two years, he's really been putting up wide receiver three numbers, but he's going as a wide receiver two. So for me, I'm a little too nervous to take Alshon Jeffrey because he's just too high of an ADP for historically the production you're going to get out of him. But some people really like having those players that have that high potential upside, right? High ceiling. He certainly does. But I just, I don't know. That's a, for me, your 17th wide receiver off the board, that's a pretty risky pick for someone that historically has played in nine and 12 games the last two seasons. So don't love it. My deep picks, Darren Sproles, you gave him the 13th round, 25th high scoring running back last year. Plenty of upside. I like Darren Sproles. And then Torrey Smith is the wide receiver too on this team. And he's also going in the 13th round. So there's potentially some good value there as well. And I like the Eagles defense. They are going as the 11th defense off the board. So if you're all the way down, if you've got a 12-team league, you'll certainly be grabbing them. They're a team that was the fifth highest scoring defense last year. There hasn't been a whole lot of change. So you've got potential to certainly outperform the ADP. I love Torrey Smith. 
Right? He's the wide receiver too, and he's literally barely being drafted. Carson Such Wentz value. loves him. I mean, they have really good rapport. I, th I think Torrey Smith's one of those flyers you can take at the very bottom of your draft because no one's even drafting him. He barely even has an ADP. Barely, yeah, 13th. He's the 61st wide receiver coming off the board as a wide receiver, too. There's wide receiver, wide receiver threes going team. higher than him, so. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if I'm there. I don't know if I, I can get behind the whole Torrey Smith thing, but I For will say. Flyer? Really worth it. I don't know if it's worth it. Maybe, but I, I'm not. I'm not buying in. I don't know. I think I. I like this offense in general. I think they're chock full of flyers that they're all being undervalued for the most part, other than Alshon Jeffrey. So why not? There's not a whole whole lot of risk if you take a chance on them. Brandon, what do you got to say? Oh, I got something to say. All right. Well, before we get to the rest of the NFC East, we want to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor, BarkBox. Our generous sponsors actually keep our site going and this show free for our listeners. So make sure to go and check them out. You can go to BarkBox.com slash HerFantasyFootball. And frankly, BarkBox is amazing. You state your size. For me, I have a little Lucy. She is under 20 pounds. Uh, you choose a plan. If you choose a six or a 12 month plan and use the link again it's barkbox.com slash her fantasy football you get an extra month for free which is great and one of the things that i like is that you get a bunch of toys you get um treats and you get a stick but here's the thing i have to do a lot of training with my dog because i have a dog with anxiety so we've taken her to a lot of obedience classes and things like that. So it's really nice to get different treats so that she's excited. It's like every time is something new, you know? And so when I get this little refresh every month, then I can say, oh, hey, Lucy, I got something new for you. And she knows. It's so crazy. Also, my dog thinks that all things are for her. So when I open a box now, she thinks it's for her, like no matter what it is. So I take out the little stuffing and I give it to her, even if it's like something from Amazon, because <laughs> she thinks it's BarkBox and she's really excited. So um, make sure to go and check it out. It's shipped to your door. It's amazing. On the 15th of every month, they have a theme all the time. My personal favorite is the New York one because I live in New York, but they also have Jurassic Bark. I love that. Jurassic Bark. It's cheesy <laughs> just the way you and your dog like it, right? I mean, come on. And then also, Ashley has a friend who has BarkBox because her friend has a big dog who mm -hmm. constantly chews on toys and kills them, right? That's true. Oh, yeah. Literally, like, every week she gets a new box because her dog is torn the other one to pieces. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And so you can get it as a gift as well. So even if it's you don't have a dog, you can go there and get a gift for someone and they're going to love it because who doesn't love a lot of toys and a lot of treats and a lovely little chew. So again, go to BarkBox.com slash HerFantasyFootball, sign up for a six or 12 month plan and get an additional month for free. It's that easy. Again, BarkBox.com slash HerFantasyFootball. All right. So Ashley, you want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys? So must starts does Bryant. His ADP is uh, second round, sixth person going off the sixth round. He's the eighth wide receiver off the board. He didn't have a great year last year, 35th highest scoring wide receiver, but he only played in 13 games. And he's, if you look at the last two seasons, he only played in 22 games. But I'm not really worried about it. Des is looking really good right now. He says he's feeling healthy. He's looking healthy. I think he's going to have a 
massive season. So I'm all in on Des Bryant. I've been touch and go on him uh, over the preseason, but I think I've solidified my feelings and I like Des. He is a must start. Ezekiel Elliott. There's a lot of unknowns, as we know, about the suspension going on right now. Um, he's still going in the second. So for me, I'm not touching him. I mean, he looks really good right now, but you still have to get him in the second round, and he's going to potentially miss half the season if, indeed, the six-game suspension up is upheld, and then he's got the bye weeks. So that puts him out seven games. So it's going to be really, really, really hard for you to make those points up with your second-round pick. So for but me... I think he's going too late now. In the second, I think. Well, I, I don't. I'm thinking that he's going to sue now, and get an injunction. There's Am rumors he might sue, and then he get the injunction, and then be able to play. But he certainly is not, in my opinion, the face he, that the CBA wants to put forward for this fight. I completely agree with you. I did an auction tonight. I got him for thirty-one dollars. Woo! And that was so cheap because David Johnson was 66, Le'Veon Bell was 65, LaShawn McCoy 50, Melvin Gordon 49. It, are you kidding me? Christian McCaffrey was $31. I got Ezekiel yeah. Elliott for the same price as, as Christian McCaffrey. So I just think that it depends on your league. And then when I took him, everyone was like, oh, you must be thinking he's not going to be suspended. And I was like, I just got him for cheap. So I think yeah, but you're in an auction league. I agree. An auction Auctions league is different. Are different. If you are doing a standard or PPR league, he's going in the second round, period, end of discussion. You so, got for $31 the $200 balance? Yeah, 31 of a 200. I mean, I'll take that. And then but I got again, Darren McFadden six for of your budget on a guy that could possibly miss almost half the season. Yeah, but if you got Darren McFadden for eight, that's – Still less than another top all of them. A, a top running back yeah. players. Yeah. yeah. You hate, so you're fine. It's crazy. Right. But for the most part, for the purpose of what we're talking about here, we're not talking about auction where you actually get the option of possibly wheeling and dealing. We're talking straight up standard PPR, keeper league style. He's he's going high. Your choice. Again, he may sue. He may very well get the injunction in play. Well, we'll probably know tomorrow, the second we, we post yeah. this. So <laughs> probably will. For me, it's a little it's a little bit dicey for me for where I have to get him because I don't know. If your draft is coming this weekend and there's news, then obviously, yeah, you're you're in a position of power to know and then make your choice. But for me right now, not knowing, I don't love it. But at the same time, that's where he's going. So he's still a must draft. Darren McFadden, though, you should go get Darren McFadden. He has looked incredibly good right now. That offensive line for the Cowboys literally – any one of us could run through and get six touchdowns as a running back. Having not played a sport since high school, I feel very confident I could still score six touchdowns behind the Dallas Cowboys offensive Is line. Is Darren McFadden going to be the bust of 2017 when you draft him in the sixth round and then Ezekiel Elliott sues and gets to play the whole season? Well, I noticed because I, I, I unfortunately I mean, did two drafts. My snake draft, I got Darren McFadden in like double-digit rounds. I think people do think he's going to get an injunction. So I, I think I think if well listen again all of this is gonna be cleared up tomorrow the second we post this so hopefully but you're right he's a total bust if Ezekiel Elliott gets an injunction yeah right no justice but for anyone 
No but that's like, but that's like rounds <laughs> where you're having a bunch of other guys that are boomer bust players, injury prone players. So to me, I just chalk it up as a, as a risk and. Security, well, we have our right? family draft insurance. on Sunday, so it better be cleared up by then. <laughs> it better be. Think of McFadden as insurance right now, right? That's what I would think of it. If you need to drop them, you can drop them, whatever. There's a lot of really good sleepers and flyers in those late rounds, so I wouldn't view it as complete junk and not get him because there's a lot of other people you can get late if you need to, but um, and on the waivers. So Dak Prescott. I don't, I don't understand why he's being so undervalued as a 14th quarterback off the board this year. I think people are a little bit nervous about the sophomore slump. I think he's looking great. I'm targeting Dak Prescott. I love him. He's going in the 10th round. Uh, I'm not really worried about anyone on this team other than the what we obviously discussed of the situation with Ezekiel Elliott and Darren McFadden. But we, we, again, we won't know till we know in the next few days here. So deep pick uh, would be Cole Beasley, Terrence William, and potentially Bryce Butler. Bryce Butler doesn't even have an ADP, but just someone to keep your eye out for down the road. He does have some chemistry with Dak Prescott. And I like Terrence William, also an ADP, and Cole Beasley. You're getting super late in the 13th round. Um, they're good options. Now, Courtney's going to kill me. Jason Witten is going in the 13th. Courtney hates Jason Witten. I don't love Jason Witten either, but he is the 16th tight end off the board. Um, he was the 12th highest scoring tight end last year, which actually surprised me. So depending on the size of your league, Jason Witten is a potential option because he has been targeted a lot in preseason. Now, I think if Ezekiel Elliott plays, that play script will change a bit, but it's something to possibly consider if Zeke is not playing. He's being targeted an awful lot right now by Dak Prescott. Again, you better be in a 12-team league, and this is the 12th pick because you hate everybody else in the tight end position that's there. I can understand if you want to take Jason Witten and roll the dice. Oh, Witten. All right. Washington Redskins must start. Kirk Cousins is going in the eighth round. We Everybody knows how we feel about them about him uh Terrell Pryor he's going in the third round a little high but could be amazing it's kind of one of those potential dudes that's kind of proved himself already but not really so the mid third round isn't too bad then you have James Jameson Crowder who's going in the um bottom of the sixth round sixth round who I love and I'm trying to target in all of my drafts uh Justin or excuse me Dustin Hopkins the kicker we have him ranked number 10. So you're drafting him as well. Who I'm worried about really in general is the whole backfield for the Redskins. I don't love uh, Rob Kelly. He's going in the seventh round, which isn't awful. Um, Samaji, right? Yep, Samaji. P. Ryan. P. Ryan, um, which I tried to say in like 10 different languages, I think, today to my husband. He's like, you're never going to get that right. I go, I know. I just say Samaji, and then I wait for Ashley to finish it because she loves the name. It's a great name. So it's how we're going to get through this season. So both of these guys scare me for several reasons. They have the second toughest schedule for running backs. Uh, and it's most likely going to be a running back by committee. They do have a good – they have a pretty good offensive line, which I like. I just – I'm concerned. Maybe I shouldn't be concerned, but I – really was, I think a lot of people were burned last year by this um, running back core. And I'm not sure it's just going to be the two of them. You know, Matt Jones, who was supposedly the starter for half the season last year, he's still on the team. There's another guy floating around in there. Just, 
I don't think the coaches are super confident with them. It makes me not super confident in any of them. But the seventh round for number one running back isn't bad. So if he comes to me in the eighth even, I would feel good about it just because you get such good value for a leading back. Jordan Reed, of course, is a guy I worried about, right? You're going to draft Jordan Reed in the fact that it's high risk, high reward. Um, he does have the fourth hardest schedule. Never had a full season of being healthy. Um, but you know that when drafting him, right? So it's kind of like, all right, do you want to wait until mid-fifth round to draft a tight end that could get injured? Okay. You can always pick up a more solid tight end towards the end of the draft to cover your bases, and there's plenty of good tight ends that aren't even being drafted. Um, so that's that's okay. Um, but it's just something I always get concerned about. I hate tight ends in general, so I suppose there's a risk with any of them. My deeper picks, Josh Doxson. Now, this is interesting. He's not doing phenomenal. Uh, he's had some injury issues. But he is the third wide receiver in this Washington Redskins uh, offensive core. And if we remember, Crowder was the third wide receiver last year. And he got 847 yards and seven touchdowns. So I'm just saying, if you want to throw a dart with your last pick, Doxton couldn't have a good game. Could see good season. They could use him more than we think they're going to at this point. So I don't don't heat that. If you're gonna, if it's a guy you're already getting, probably gonna drop anyways. Could be worse. So you're and more willing. They to, loved him last year. Like they when they drafted him. him yeah. I mean, people yeah. thought he was the best wide receiver in the class, maybe in terms of like being NFL ready. So he just got hurt. Like that happens. So here's the question Would you rather draft Josh Doxon, wide receiver three on this team, or Torrey Smith, wide receiver two on the Eagles? I don't think Torrey Smith is going to keep his job as a wide receiver, too. I don't think Torrey Smith is as good a wide receiver as we think he is anymore. Because the depth done. is so deep with the Eagles. I don't think they need depth oh, with the Eagles. True. I don't think they've really ever used <laughs> their depth with the Eagles. Do you know what I'm saying? That's, like, I think they have Who's going to replace players. them? Nobody needs to replace them. There's plenty of offenses that don't ever use their wide receiver, twos. Atlanta Falcons. Cincinnati Bengals. Now, granted, they have an amazing number one, but still, like, I don't think they really use a consistent wide receiver, too, say, as the Denver Broncos do or the Washington Redskins, you know, or, you know, like, there's teams out there that use multiple wide receivers. The Eagles, to me, aren't them. The Redskins are. They are gun shy when it comes to their running backs, and I feel like they like to use all the wide receivers humanly possible. So you're saying Doxon. Brandon, you? I think I'd do Torrey Smith. But that's just because the preseason, Carson Wentz has just loved him. And I mean, you know, he's getting used to all of his new weapons. So if he's art if he already has that rapport, just I don't know. I but will I say Doxon is one of my favorite wide receiver threes though. Oh, for sure. No, and I, I like mm -hmm. both of them. This is obviously, these guys are only in the deepest of leagues. So at that point, I feel good with either of them, frankly, because yeah, right, you're taking them so are, late. Right, and they're guys that, like, you can drop and not feel bad about drafting them in the first place, right? Yeah. Because they're hopeful mm -hmm. people. They're not 
people you're really relying on. All right, let's move to the NFC North. We have the Minnesota Vikings. Ashley, must starts? Must starts. Dalvin Cook. Love me some Dalvin Cook. Um, I'm not even remotely concerned about Jarek McKinnon or Latavius Murray having any impact on this offense and, and vulturing anything. So love Dalvin Cook. He does need to work on his pass protection. But we knew this going in. I said this, I don't know how many months ago, be the only reason why you may he may have say Murray come in for that. But I think he'll get better and better with experience. And I love Cook. So he's going in the third, 15 run back off the board. I think he's well worth it. Feel good about him. Kyle Rudolph, love him. He's uh, going in the eighth round, ninth tight end off the board. He was the third best last year and has the second easiest schedule this year. This is a classic guy that's being undervalued. So go ahead and mark him on your little cheat sheet as somebody that you can target who should have a very good season this year. I think he'll have the exact same season as last year, so that should land him in the top five. So feel really great about him. Minnesota defense, they're great. Six defense going off the board. This is one of those defenses that if you don't like streaming defenses, then to me they're kind of in that bottom of that tier where these are the defenses that you know you're playing week in, week out. For me, that's Minnesota. But again, I'm not opposed to always streaming defenses literally every single game. So if you don't like streaming defenses, Minnesota is certainly a defense that you can take and take early. Um, but they're going the 11th. You can generally get lower than that depending on uh, the league that you're in. Defense we suggest taking as your absolute last pick. So uh, if you miss out on them, that's fine. Again, you can stream and be just okay. I'm not really worried about anybody, uh, but my deep picks would be Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs. Interestingly enough, ladies, who do you prefer? I prefer Thielen to Diggs. Yes. But Diggs is going um, much higher than Thielen. So what's interesting is that Diggs is going in the sixth round. Thielen's going in the 11th round. But if you look at how... They fell last year. Thielen was the 28th highest scoring wide receiver, whereas Stefan Diggs was the 39th highest scoring wide receiver. And you're going to sit there and tell me, well, Ashley, he was hurt. And I agree. He was hurt a lot of games, but Diggs played in 13 games, starting 11 of them, whereas Thielen technically played in 16, but he only started in 10 games. We actually started in less games than what Stefan Diggs started in. And he had more points and it was a higher scoring wide receiver. So I just feel like he's got a slightly better chemistry with Sam Bradford. So I prefer Adam Thielen than I do Diggs, where you can get Thielen in the 11th round. So to me, I'd rather have that value than for Diggs. And then Sam Bradford, if you're in a two-quarterback league, I like him this year. He has the absolute easiest schedule of all the quarterbacks. So something to note. I just did a draft uh, last night for on Yahoo, and I got an awful report card, and it said I needed to study more which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> um, but the reason why is because I reached for all my players. I picked every guy a round too early because of that darn fourth and fifth round that I just hate everyone. Yep. I just started bumping everybody up. I just was like, no, I don't want that person. I'm just bumping them up one. And my team's fabulous. I have Aaron Rodgers and Antonio Brown, first of all which whoever gets, you know, that along with an amazing, amazing team. But sure, I reached for everybody, but I have a great team. I got the best guy in every round and that round early. So to each their own, I say, <laughs> to each their own.
but I would like to take a moment to thank another awesome sponsor, pristineauction.com. That is P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, auction.com. Pristine Auction is the perfect place to find that perfect piece of sports memorabilia for your man or woman cave. They always have a daily auction ending nightly, always something perfect for a fan of any team. Listen, these are authentic items. Authenticity is everything. They get their items from trusted sources, and it's probably more affordable than you think. I think last week we checked and we saw uh, Rob Kelly, which we just talked about the Redskins, mm-hmm. an autographed football was going for under $6 at under the time. Six. So mm-hmm. just saying, uh, sure, you can buy up for an awesome helmet signed by Tom Brady, which is going was going on, or you can get a cool specialty item with a photo signed by Willie Sneed. I mean, there's just a bunch of really awesome fun stuff on the website. So go there and check it out. Pristineauction.com. Quick, free to register, free to bid, lots of great items. Again, that is pristineauction.com. We were right just now, laughing. They have an yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. Um, helmet, full size, signed for $78.75. What? You that heard seems me. cheap to me. Yeah. It's cheaper really? than a, a regular NFL jersey that has no yeah, signature. Yeah, i say that is cheaper than a jersey. <laughs> no, it's an auction, so it's going to go up from there, right? But, you know, like, come on. Wow. It's amazing. But still, we were just laughing about how Rob Kelly is starting running back in this league. It was something like $5.65 or something crazy. Like they were like, what does that say about how people perceive the value of Rob Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Sad. Prove him wrong, Rob. Prove him wrong this year. Don't do it. Don't do it. All right. The Green Bay Packers. Lots of must starts for the Packers. Yep. Yep. When you got Aaron Rodgers under center, ends up you create a lot of fantasy points across the board. So, Which Aaron um, Rodgers looks fantastic. Ashley, have you seen his new look? No. Oh. 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 Google it. Google it. It's Google it right now, Ashley. Right now. Right now. I cannot wait. Um, and then Ashley's going to describe it to you listeners because you all need to know as well. But I'm going to say this, uh, supposedly his ADP is in the second round. He hasn't gone in the second round in any of my drafts. He may go in yours. That's fine. If you have a bonus, I could understand. Uh, we always tell you to wait on quarterbacks, but listen, obviously he's fantastic. Speaking, I of, got him at the end of the third round in the draft I did last night. Yeah. I, I got him in the fifth round tonight. Yeah. Um, you know, it's crazy stuff. Uh, Jordy Nelson, uh, but those are an industry draft, so I shouldn't say that. But Courtney got a third in a friend draft. I got so. the end of the third round with in a friend draft. So, Dak Prescott went in the end of the second. What? I know. Oh, yeah. So this is the reminder that you guys this, get prepared for crazy things to happen and don't yeah, let it throw you off your we're game. Wait, we're waiting for the kicker. Seventh round. No. First kicker. You know, no. it's fun. It's fun. Anyway, Jordy Nelson is a first-round pick, as he should be. Also looks good, and uh, he actually looked better the longer the season went on, which is not normal for someone in his 30s. But, man, way to go, Jordy. Devontae Adams is a fourth-round pick. Um, plus, that he went, almost went over 1,000 yards and, and had double-digit touchdowns. That's what it's going to be again this year. And then I'm worried about Ty Montgomery still, although he did look better. He played in the yeah. third preseason game. 
came back. He had three carries for 31 yards and a touchdown. But more importantly, he had one 25-yard run that looked really good. Um, and that was in the third preseason game. We, again, the dress rehearsal. He's going in the fourth round. Again, sickle cell trait makes me nervous. But hey, I, I feel like running back position is really tough. So I just want to tell you that I'm always going to be worried about people with sickle cell trait. So take that as you will. Uh, even if he's out there looking like a crazy all pro whatever i'm still going to be concerned so i will say that always uh and then also martellus bennett i'm a little bit concerned because he caught one catch and it was from brett hundley not from aaron Rodgers in the third preseason game uh i just don't know if i could depend on tight end production from the green bay packers uh, because we haven't ever seen it uh that doesn't mean that that martellus bennett's talent isn't better than anything that they've had there yet that's absolutely true but man they're a-okay without it so uh, that's the only reason why I'm nervous about him being your starter. And the deeper picks, believe it or not, Randall Cobb is going off the board in like the 8th to 10th round. He's still someone who's going to be pretty mm -hmm. decent, you guys. I think he's probably going to get around 700 yards, probably six touchdowns, maybe eight. There are a lot of wide receiver like ones slash twos that – are going to be looking for those numbers and he's a three. So I think that that's decent at this point. And then Jamal Williams, three for three in targets, getting involved with the passing game. I think he's more of a handcuff than, than someone that you can start soon. But if you have a deep bench, he is someone that you should consider. Is this what we're referring to? Aaron yes. Yes. He's Ron Swanson. He is Ron Swanson. It's so good. Well, I his eyes are all baggy and his face looks a little gaunt because he's on that new tom brady diet you know and so he's like you know and it's like so so good i just hope well, i happen to white find man. ron swanson attractive <laughs> so that works out works out works out for you yeah that's All why right. we said to look <laughs> yeah exactly if you haven't checked it out he's got a mustache that's amazing so it's it's worth worth a google um the detroit lions must start golden tate ADP in the mid fifth round. Um, I just want to say that he has played all 16 games for the last four years. And that is hard to find nowadays in these wide receivers. Yeah. He's a little bit older and he's a little bit smaller, but that is why I love that Detroit moved him into the slot. You guys, he looks so good in the slot. I think that he's going to get Tate Bolden numbers put together kind of, mumbo jumbo i think that in the fifth round he is going to be great value i think he's really going to have a good year this year i just like this team for the mere fact of like where you can get them i like marvin jones in the ninth at the end of the ninth tenth round to me that's value for a guy that's a wide receiver too on an offense that likes to throw the ball all the time you know sure he burned us at the end of the season last year and he got he had huge games at the beginning of the season but if if Detroit wants to be successful, they have to be more consistent, right? And this is they just gave Matthew Stafford this huge contract, the biggest in the NFL, which makes him the smartest man in the NFL and clearly the, having the best agent. Um, <laughs> I want some of that. Because uh, we know Matthew Stafford isn't the best, right? I mean, there's no way that anybody in their right mind would ever say that Matthew Stafford is the best player in the NFL. He's just clearly is really smart. And so I like this confidence that we're going to have on this team consistency. I'm hoping with this receiving core. So therefore Stafford Jones 
and Tater All Starters and Matt Prater because Matt Prater is always a good time. You just can't watch the games. That's all. He's a Mike Evans. You just can't watch. People I'm worried about, Amir Abdullah, he's going to the top of the fifth round, and I'm scared about him only because of injuries. He's not a fifth-round pick for me, uh, but if you can get him at the behind that, say like the seventh round, I would do it. Um, it's not the best schedule for running backs and not a great offensive line, which worries me as well, but they have lots of good receivers, so that's going to spread the field out, and hopefully – he'll be able to take advantage of that with the line um, that he's been given. Um, Theoretic, a total of uh, oh, just over 700 yards and six touchdowns, but that was with out Abdullah last year on the field. And I just don't think Theoretic is going to get, is like he's not going to have the same stat line as he did last year. I think we're going to see a big dip this year. You do get him in the 10th round, so for a handcuff, it's great value, but if you're looking for that consistent receiving back, I don't know, because Abdulik is a receiving back himself. I just don't know if Riddick's going to be used as quite as much as we're really hoping for. He was going off in the 12th round a couple weeks ago. Now he's in the 10th. I'm not exactly sure if it's going to be the value that I was hoping for. Some of those deeper picks, Kenny Galladay, amazing. Big guy, 6'4", 213 um, pounds. If you're talking about a guy, I mean, I don't want to be down on Tory Smith. All right, I have nothing against the guy. I love him. He does great little videos with his wife. He's adorable. Um, it's just that I think Galladay might end up like sneaking in and being a top 30 wide receiver, and I think that's I, I really, really like Galladay a lot. Sure. Yeah, a lot, er a lot. Yeah. Um, Eric Ebron is going at the end of the 12th round. He's that potential guy that I think we talk about every year at the top of the season. It's like, mm -hmm. dude, give me the guy. He's not my favorite. He saw a lot of red zone targets last year, and he only got one touchdown. So not impressed. Mm -mm. Sorry. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Um, do we need to talk about the Browns, Brandon? The Bears, you mean? I mean, the, the Bears. <laughs> I got the Browns, too, so don't worry yeah. about that. Um, yeah, the Browns I, are legit. The Bears, <laughs> on the other hand. Yeah, we, we live couple. in a we weird world, people. We live we in a weird, weird world. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say this. Jordan Howard is a second-round pick. You guys, uh, all of the preseason, it's been all about volume for him. Uh, he is not going to average 5.2 yards per carry again. That's not true. But if he's going to be a, on the field all the time, which it looks like he's going to be, then you should feel a-okay with it. One of the deep picks that I have is Tariq Cohen, who is a, someone that they brought in who's really good in the passing game. The problem is, is that Jordan Howard actually had the third best pass protection grade according to Pro Football Focus last season. So it's going to be difficult for them to justify taking him off of the field for Tariq Cohen. Now, I, I don't have a problem with Tariq Cohen. I think Tariq Cohen's a really good stash in a, a deeper league if you could have him on your bench because I think they'll have to use him a lot if something were to happen to Jordan Howard. And I'm not normally a handcuff person, but in this particular case, the volume could actually be detrimental to Howard down the stretch. So I'm okay with that. Uh, and one of the reasons why that's going to happen is because unfortunately, one of our favorites, Cameron Meredith, tore his ACL and a little PCL damage. But the good news is they thought that he obliterated his knee a la 
Teddy Bridgewater and ends up that he's going to be okay. He'll be back next season. And he just turns 25 next month. He's really young. Yeah. So unlike Jordy in his 30s, it doesn't take longer for him to recover. So um, hopefully he will come back. Uh, best of luck to him. Now, it could be Kevin White. It could be Kendall Wright. And by the way, saying those two names together, really weird, right? Kendall Wright is legit. I like Kendall Wright out of these two by far. I don't know if anybody ever likes him on the field, but he's good when they use him. Yeah, and I and they're using him in the slot. They want to depend on him for volume. And I'm also going to say, but here's the problem. Both of them, their ADPs have skyrocketed. And frankly, right. when Kevin White's been on the field, he's averaged nine targets per game, but he's only averaged 5.21 yards per target. So that's not good. So it's good and the bad good and the bad. Now it's only been a four game sample <laughs> for Kevin White in two whole seasons. Right. So, uh, you know, it, at this point, it's kind of who knows. And actually, there's this guy named Tanner Gentry, who is an undrafted guy from Wyoming, who's had a really good preseason. He's a wide receiver. If you're in a super duper duper deep league, Mitchell Trubisky loves him. Now here's the deal with my worried people. You can't draft Mike Lennon, although he is the undisputed week one starter. John Fox is conservative. It is what it is. But when they start to falter, Mitchell Trubisky's had a fantastic preseason he's scored four touchdowns to zero interceptions and then glennon has scored two touchdowns to two interceptions i you know it just it, they aren't even close frankly uh, but you know that's that's the, what they're gonna do they want to be conservative they want to work him in they're nervous etc and actually he's going to be playing in the fourth preseason game that's mitchell trubisky um so that's a bad sign uh, I'm not sure I draft any of the wide receivers on this team. I don't think I would either. I just am giving you really deep names just in case. Uh, but I, I think that I would let someone else draft them and or pick up people on the waiver wire. I, I think a lot mm -hmm. of you don't play in that deep of leagues, so you don't need to care about either of them. And I guess that's how I would take it. Yeah. All right. The NFC South. We're starting off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Your must starts, Mike Evans, which I'm so happy they're on hard knocks because everybody's watching him drop balls. And I feel like that makes them scared to draft him, but that's why you don't watch him. No, it's totally fine. He gets all the fantasy points that you could ever dream of. You just can't watch him. So I love Mike Evans. Uh, Jameis Winston, he's going in the seventh round. Um, that's your guy you do you i haven't <laughs> drafted him but i'm not worried about him i just don't i think he uh isn't going to live up to your expectations you know that accuracy is not worth not uh, improved a whole lot yet no but you know again you just don't went watch buck games okay you just turn on your red zone and you just see the highlights that's all you need to do who I'm worried about, uh, Doug Martin is still going in the fourth round in a lot of drafts. Um, I think that's a little high. I mean, yes, he's only missing three games, but he's not guaranteed a spot um, when he comes back. They're literally in the middle of the pack when it comes to schedule, so I don't feel like that's necessarily a factor. But... I just think that's really high for somebody who wasn't super impressive. They have a really bad offensive line, missing three games, and doesn't isn't even guaranteed a spot. I don't know. What do you guys think? Are you drafting him in the fourth round? No. Mm -hmm. 
But I don't, I mean, I haven't I, seen him go that high though. But again, it all depends on what cheat sheet you guys are using. Again, go yeah. check out herfantasyfootball.com slash cheat sheet. Um, ours is going to be smart and pump your brakes. So you're probably not going to get them if people want them in the fourth. Um, but yeah, you're right, Courtney. It's this hard knocks bump that he's getting because he does look good this preseason. I get that. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like, but as you said, Courtney, the fourth round is kind of a dead zone. So maybe that's why he's going there, right? I mean, maybe it's the people are like, well, it's this or Joe Mixon. So I guess I'll go with Doug Martin. It's a dead zone. It's a dead zone. Uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you yeah. look at who's around and you got Tevin Coleman, Ty Montgomery, Adrian Peterson, Danny Woodhead, Paul Perkins, Mike Gillisley. I don't feel great about any of them. So yeah, I do guess we like any of those guys? So you're just kind of rolling the dice, but I agree with you. Out of all those guys, Doug Martin's the only one that's for sure not playing three games. Right. But he is getting the hard knocks bump for sure. That's okay. Let him let him bump. Jack Reese Rogers is going in the ninth round, and he is the guy starting this off or uh, the the first three games, possibly longer. Um, so to me, ninth round for a guy that you know is gonna be the guy for three games. It's fine for me. Deshaun Jackson's going at the end of the seventh round. I'm worried that he hasn't done much for his new team this offseason. He's only had two full seasons in the last nine years in the NFL, and one of those was his rookie year. So I would rather like Emmanuel Sanders or Willie Sneed in that round, and they're going right around then. Um, he's crying about not getting the ball thrown to him, and sometimes that works, but I feel like you should have done that during the season, not in preseason because that mojo is going to wear off. Your deeper picks, O.J. Howard's ADP is in the 12th round, while Cameron Brait's is in the 13th round, and Brait is the guy. So take Brait. I mean, Howard in the 12th round isn't awful, so it's not like you're, like, wasting. I don't know. I don't know. You might end up being wasting a pick. It seems like they're really going to be using him for blocking and not using him for receiving until, like, further into the year. Um, but that could be a fake out. They probably will do some tight end two sets. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. But Cameron Bright, good guys. Perfect guy to draft if you're going to draft Jordan Reed, right, in the fifth round and you're having that risk factor. Cameron Bright is the guy. New Orleans Saints, Ashley. Yep, must, must start. Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, these are givens. We don't even need to talk about it. Um, who I'm worried about. I'm just going to focus on two players in particular here, Mark Ingram and Adrian Peterson. <sighs> okay. So Peterson is going in the fifth round as the 24th running back off the board. Ingram is also going in the fifth round as the 26th running back off the board. Now what's interesting here is Ingram is the undisputed starter. It's not, it's not a question. He is the starter um, that has been declared. So now, Adrian Peterson, he's going to play. He absolutely is going to play. But if we look at Ingram last year, he had over 1,000 yards and averaged 5.1 yards per carry. He had a good year. And this was while he still was in a committee. Okay? So last year, he played 46% of the snaps. And then the rest of that, 25% went to Tim Hightower after that. And then Tavarius Cadet got 21%. So Adrian Peterson, in my opinion, is going to fall somewhere in that Hightower range, probably higher. I think he'll be probably more in the 35% range, maybe 40 and that we're going to see a much smaller percentage that might go to Alvin Kamara, who I do really like, especially if you're in Dynasty Leagues, I like Kamara. But 
I feel better about Ingram because we already know what Ingram's numbers look like in a share, right? Because again, he only played 46% of snaps and he's able to still get over a thousand yards. I love that. Adrian Peterson, on the other hand, he's never been in a in a committee situation. So I'm I'm a little more nervous about that. But Ingram's never had someone like Adrian Peterson as as that one-two punch either. So is there a chance that Adrian Peterson can outperform Ingram and become the starting back? There probably is. But I guess the question is, and I'll ask you ladies, is the fifth round too high to have a risk like this where you could lose your starting job to Adrian Peterson? Or in the case of Adrian Peterson, is it far too high to go in the fifth round when you're not the starter? I have zero Adrian Peterson in my life, and I feel fine about it. I also, zero. I also have zero Adrian <laughs> Peterson in my life. But I know Courtney likes Adrian Peterson. But to me, the, the, it, I like Ingram, and I do have Ingram in my life. And I'm a little nervous that – I mean, and you know, Peterson hasn't done amazing. He rushed six times for 15 yards in last week's game. That wasn't exactly amazing. He didn't do amazing prior to that. Um, the last year, Grant, he was injured. I, I know this, but it's still Adrian Peterson. So do I, should I be worried about Ingram in the fifth? I like him because I know what he can do with a share. This is my feeling, Ashley. Mom and dad just went and saw Mariah Carey and Lionel Richie in concert. <laughs> and this is how I feel about Mark Ingram and Adrian Peterson. So Mark Ingram is Lionel Richie. Okay. The goody. He actually was the main act in the show. Mariah Carey came on early. But a lot of people came to the show just for just Mariah Carey Mariah. and then left before Lionel Richie came on. Now Mariah Carey was a complete diva. And I'm guessing because she wasn't the main act didn't perform very well. Now, just saying, this could be the same scenario where Lionel Richie comes on and he's amazing and everybody who bought into the Mariah Carey Act get di are disappointed, right? And they miss out on the great show. I so hope somebody game. makes note that you are comparing Adrian Peterson to Mariah Carey because I am sure <laughs> he would love that. Um, this is the greatest metaphor that's ever yeah, been on our show. Yeah, yeah. By if far. Ingram was Lionel Richie and Adrian Peterson was Mariah Carey. No, but I get mm -hmm. what you're saying. I mean, it's, it's where I'm it's having this true, issue, though, right? Here. It's the classic. It's the Mariah Carey's. She she's the one that's drawing everybody in. But Lionel Richie is actually the best performer, and is the one that's underrated. So you're right? saying that Mark Ingram's gonna go all night long? He's gonna go all night long. Mm. I mean, I feel better about Ingram than AP, so we're we're, gonna, we're already spending too long on this one. But for me, Sorry. I like Hello? Ingram <laughs> um, more just because we at least have a baseline of what Ingram can do in a share. Where do we he don't ended really know the what show. AP can do? He so. ended the show with "Make the World a Better Place," you know, Michael Jackson, but Lionel Richie wrote it. Mm -hmm. So I'm just saying, Ingram could make the Saints a better place. He could. Sean Payton he could. didn't hate him. Well, you know what? Well, I don't know, but they uh, date him, so they, he's the right. starter. He's the That's starter, right. despite the fact Adrian Peterson has a higher ADP. Mark Ingram is the starter. I want to get very right. clear. Fly through but, these deeper picks. Yeah, for us. deep picks again. I love Ted Ginn Jr. and get him in the twelfth. Willie Sneeze going the seventh, which is 
to me, a very high for the third wide receiver on this team. He's not even the starting wide receiver, too. That would be Ted Ginn. But I do like Willie Sneed. Seven's a little too high for my taste. But Willie Sneed in the 12th, I'll take that all day. Alvin Kamari can get the 13th. I'm fine with you taking a flyer on that if you want to. Um, there might be some other picks that you would rather have in that area. I do think he's going to get some touches, though, because, again, as we said, Sean Payton's all about the committee when it comes to running backs. So he will get some looks. And then Kobe Fleener, I don't love Kobe Fleener. He was only targeted one time in the last preseason game. Just They just aren't using their tight end. They don't like Kobe Fleener. It is what it is. Don't go down that road. All right, the Carolina Panthers, it's really easy. You're drafting all of them. All of them. Christian McCaffrey's going in the third round. It's high. It's risky, but I'm not against it. Calvin mm -hmm. Benjamin's going in the fourth round. I find that extremely undervalued. And if you want to look at our rankings, I bumped him up again. Greg Olson is going in the fifth round. Classic. Cam Newton in the eighth round. Total steal. That, that might be the best value pick of 2017. I'm sorry. You guys, all of these people have extremely easy schedules except Greg Olson. And we do not concern ourselves with that when it comes to Greg Olson. Okay? True. Carolina defense, we have him ranked number 10. So that's where you should draft him. Don't be drafting Carolina defense super high because they're the Carolina defense. That's they they don't need to go that high. I'm a little worried about Jonathan Stewart, but he's going in the eighth round. He hasn't played a full season since 2011. And even with just 13 games last year, he had 824 yards and nine touchdowns. Uh, not a good PPR running back, just so you know. Mm. Not he's even last year without McCaffrey. Now that McCaffrey's there, especially not PPRs. Okay. But he should have a decent line uh, to run through. So I'm not against Jonathan Stewart. Uh, I, I'm a little concerned with McCaffrey being there, but not too bad. I'm hoping they use it as a committee in the fact that they're both productive. Um, we can all hope. Uh, and then Devin Funches is going in the 14th round. Again, great schedule. Big guy, 6'4", 225 pounds. There's no Ted Ginn Jr. anymore, guys. So those passes have to go to some someplace. Um, so I think Funches might sneak in to a decent uh, wide receiver guy in your flex. Atlanta Falcons. Fantastico. All right, you guys. So Julio Jones is obviously a fantastic athlete. He's gone for over 1,400 yards in each of his last three seasons, but he's only scored six to eight touchdowns in all of those seasons as well. Uh, it's surprising and a little bit of a bummer, but he's still a must play because 1,400 yards is a lot. Devontae Freeman is the only running back in the National Football League to have over 1,000 rushing yards in each of the last two seasons. Isn't that weird? It's weird. Yeah, and even with Tevin Coleman cutting into his time, Freeman was incredibly productive. He averaged 4.75 yards per carry, and he scored 13 total touchdowns. Now, speaking of Tevin Coleman, this is a, kind of the deeper cut, but he's going really high, and I want to explain why Tevin Coleman's going high. It's because if something were to happen to Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman goes directly into running back one mode. So mm -hmm. right now, he's kind of the 1A, 1B, uh, but I think him... I think he's going to be the number two. I just don't think the 1B is real anymore. I think he's really the number two. Um, but still, if you want him, 
you are going to have to take him in the seventh round. Uh, and I, I'm okay with that. That's kind of the Paul Perkins, Rob Kelly, uh, just after Derek Henry, Frank Gore, Terrence West. I think I might want West instead. But that's kind of where he's going. And, again, it's because of that high upside. Uh, in terms of the um, second wide receiver on the team, there aren't a lot of options there. I think it's probably Mohamed Sanu. Uh, Taylor Gabriel's there. I think they're just boomer bust guys that I wouldn't spend a whole lot of time on. So I don't even know if I want to put them in the deeper pick but I decided that I would mention them so that you knew that I knew they were on the team. Austin Hooper, on the other hand, is a big-time tight end that people are targeting late, 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 which is great because I feel like everyone's talking about him, but his ADP has stayed really low, which is uh, weird. He's a 13th-round pick right now, and he had the number one amount of targets in the Super Bowl last year uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. And just a little uh, saucy reminder, Matt Bryant was the number one kicker last season, you guys, and he is in a dome, and that offense is still going to make some noise. So uh, kickers matter if you play with them. Kickers matter. NFC West, Ashley Sales, Seahawks. So I really like the Seahawks this year, which is very unusual for me because I'm usually pretty down on them. But Russell Wilson, uh, he's got the sixth quarterback going off the board. You can give him in the sixth round. He, that's exactly where you should get him. He has the ninth easiest schedule. Uh, this entire offense, for the most part, has gotten an incredibly easy schedule this year. So again, this is part of the reason why I feel amazing about them. Doug Baldwin, he's going at the very end of the second round, 11th wide receiver off the board. He was the 10th highest scoring wide receiver last year, so this is very on par with where he should be. He has the absolute easiest schedule for wide receivers this year. So that is going to be some massive, massive production for Doug Baldwin as he is by far and away the wide receiver one on this team. Jimmy Graham is going in the fifth uh, round, fifth tight end off the board as well. Uh, he is finally healthy, and he – had a good year last year as a fourth highest scoring tight end. He doesn't have a good schedule. He's the only one that doesn't have a great schedule. But to me, it's Jimmy Graham. He's one of those players that you don't have to really focus on whether the schedule is easy on the matchup. He's going to do great. I'm very excited that he's healthy, and I think he's going to be utilized a lot this year. Seattle defense is another team that you could draft. Players that I'm worried about, I'm worried about this entire running back court. As Bram was talking about 1A, 1B, this is, I don't know what, this is like 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D, 1X. Mm -hmm. They just they will throw anybody in for the most part. Pete Carroll says he's got no problem having co-starters. He is, as of right now, saying that Eddie Lacy and Thomas Rawls are both starters. Um, I hate this. So I am staying away from both of them because I, I don't know how this is going to pan out. I don't foresee both of them being starters um, throughout the year. CJ And Prosize. Chris Carson's the one who looks the best. He is. I'm, get, I'm getting to oh, him. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I, I just started yeah. ranting. <laughs> CJ Procise uh, is going in the 12th. He's very injury prone. So I don't know if I love the situation with him. You got Alice Collins. You got you got a whole bunch of other players. And then you got, as Brian said, under my deep picks, Chris Carson. His ADP is in the 13th. Um, he has looked really good, but it's not even a lock that he's going to make the team, which would be absolutely crazy. The potential running back that looked the best may not make the team. I think you'll be fine. September 2nd is the cutoff of when teams have to have their rosters cut to the 53-man roster. So we'll definitely, you should know before your draft, certainly, at least hopefully. I think he'll make the team because he certainly has potential to add to special teams as well. But because this is such a weird running back core, I don't like any of them. They're just, especially Rawls and Lacey, if you get in the eighth, it's just too high for me. I, 
to be splitting the whole season. I don't, I don't love it. I do like Paul Richardson then who has no ADP, who is the technical wide receiver too on this team. He could have a huge, huge year. He is injury prone. So you could take him as your very last pick where again, if he gets injured, who cares, but he's got potential to be a top 25 wide receiver if he is healthy and does play based on the fact they have the easiest strength of schedule. So if you're at the very end of your draft, look for Paul Richardson. Nobody else is going to be drafting him. He could be the steal of the entire draft. I don't know how our next team, the San Francisco 49ers, are even going to find 53 players <laughs> to fill their team. Do we have um, to have 53? Right. Must starts none. And this is it, guys. Carlos Hyde is the only guy going off the board for the 49ers. He has the absolute worst schedule for running backs this year. He is gets injured all the time. He has a really bad line. His whole team is not impressive. I don't know why we would risk a third-round pick on a guy that has nothing going for him other than the coach, Kyle Shanahan. Okay? I get that. But Kyle Shanahan, I, there's got to be, like, a learning curve, right, for the Shanahan system, and I just can't imagine that it's going to happen over one offseason. Um, Pierre Garçon is going in the eighth round. That's fine. I'm fine with that. Deeper picks is Joe Williams. He falls on the depth chart, though. He's He's behind Tim T Hightower and some other guy. Um, so, I mean, I like Joe Williams in Dynasty, but I don't know if I'm risking it in regular seasons. And Marquise Goodwin, um, I do like him. I think he is yeah. the Taylor Gabriel of Kyle Shanahan's offense of the Atlanta Falcons of last year. I think that Goodwin is fast and good. Um, I don't know how consistent he's going to be on that team in a really bad schedule but which is such bs i can't believe they give 49ers the toughest schedule out of the league i think that's mean i think it's mean they give the jets the easiest why not give the 49ers the easiest it's bs all right i'll move on that's all i'm not gonna waste our time with the 49ers all right ashley arizona cardinals <clears throat> this one will be quick larry fitzgerald he is a must draft again insanely great value he's a 26 wide receiver coming off the board yet he is the 14th highest scoring wide receiver last year you can get him at the very end of the fifth round probably in the sixth round realistically this is purely an age factor people are afraid that he is old and that he won't do well you do not until larry fitzgerald actually has a bad season do not sit there and downgrade him because he is old okay he has to Go die get him. for you not draft him Right. I get why people We're are scared him. with some players. You do not need to be scared with Larry Fitzgerald. This is incredibly great value for you. Again, love Larry Fitzgerald. David Johnson, he's the one, first player going off the board. So unless you have the first pick, you don't, you're don't. you not going to get David Johnson. But if you are the first pick, you better you take David Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> like David Johnson. So um, he's going to have another amazing year. That's a given. Cardinals defense, they're consistently good. Fourth highest scoring last year. They're going to seventh defense off the board this year. You can get them in the 11th round. Again, if you do not like to stream defenses and you like to have a defense, the Cardinals are certainly a team that you should be targeting. Who I'm worried about um, would be John Brown. John Brown is the wide receiver two mm. on this team. He did look good last preseason game. <clears throat> he's going in the 10th round. He's the 46th wide receiver being taken off the boards. But I won't go into all the sickle cell because that's Brandon's favorite topic, but he does have sickle cell <laughs> trait as well. And I wouldn't dare steal it from Brandon. But Wow. Um, <clears throat> wow. My favorite topic. Well, when it comes to health injuries. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. It's just really yeah. sad and warped. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
But my issue with John Brown, yes, he's in the 10th, so he's, he's a late pick for a wide receiver too. But in 2014, he only started five games. 2015, sorry, 2014, five games. 2015, 11 games. 2016, only six games. Um, now, when he's in, he does really well. But to me, I'm willing to always pass on the boomer bust players. He's a boomer bust just by fault of how many games he's going to play. When he does play, he does incredibly well. So if he falls to you and you're willing to take a risk and you're going to play him when you know he's healthy and that he's actually going to play, he probably will do well for you. But the question is, if you're looking around everybody else in that round, is there somebody else that's a little bit more consistent that you'd rather take? It's really personal preference on whether you like the boomer bust players. I personally tend to stay away from them, but he's kind of in that range that it's okay for you to take a risk on it. So that's a personal pick. And then deeper picks. If you, if you want to go deep, 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 you can go JJ Nelson in the 14th round literally is your last pick. Um, but I don't think you'll need to. I think he'll be on the waiver wire that you can go pick up anyway. And again, Carson Palmer only if you're in two quarterback leagues. So. All right. And Brandon, the Rams. All right, so the only guy who's kind of in the must-start territory is Todd Gurley. Now, they held him out of the third preseason game, mostly because they're just wrapping him up in bubble wrap. And I think that's actually a good thing, you guys. I think that the fact that they want to use him for a volume play is why you are drafting him. He's going uh, early, obviously. But I guess that what you're trying to do is you're just trying to get the guy who's going to touch the ball a lot, and that's going to be Todd Gurley on this offense. Uh, I'm worried about any other wide receiver not named Sammy Watkins or Cooper Cup, but I am also worried about Sammy Watkins. I wanted to say, though, that especially Tavon Austin, he hasn't been healthy. He hasn't been able to practice with everybody. And then Robert Woods has just not come through and shined. Now, Cooper Cup had to miss the third preseason game due to a groin injury. And there were some people that thought that maybe that would put him behind or et cetera, et cetera, because he'd been kind of the favorite target for Goff. Well, let me tell you, the wheels came off. Sammy Watkins didn't even get one catch. Jared Goff was just turning over the ball over and over again. It looks like the Cooper Cup is kind of the tape that's holding all this together. It's incredibly interesting. So I still like Cooper Cup in the 14th round. And yes, he is still going in the 14th round. None of this makes any sense. Uh, Sammy Watkins makes me a little nervous again, but man, he's still really talented. I hope they get it together but it could be a slow start so if you are drafting him you need to be prepared for a disappointing beginning and Gerald Everett has really kind of made the case to definitely be out there at least on the two tight end sets if not more than that he's caught eight passes for 48 yards over the preseason uh, and so I still think that in the deepest of leagues I'm intrigued all right okay I think we're gonna move on to the AFC East ladies Miami Dolphins Ashley? Yeah, so this is an interesting team that we talk about the hard knocks bump. For whatever reason, this team is getting the Jay Cutler bump. And yeah, <laughs> isn't that weird? And hasn't been a thing in years. But you know what? Let's let's talk about it. Let's so Jarvis Landry is going in the sixth round, 30th wide receiver. Interestingly enough, Devontae Parker is now going above Jarvis Landry, which is really fascinating. And that is because of the Jay Cutler bump. Cutler has been loving him this preseason. As we all know, Cutler loves the deep ball and Devonte Parker is the deep ball threat right now. Uh, Parker had 15.1 yards per catch as his average compared to Landry last year at 10.6. But Landry was the better wide receiver last year. Landry is the wide receiver one. He was the 16th highest scoring wide receiver. So I, it's, 
You're really banking on Cutler and the deep ball, in my opinion, to draft Parker over Jarvis Landry. But hey, if, if that's what you want to do, okay, I, I can kind of get on board, I guess. Um, Jay Ajayi is going as in the first round, the very end of it. I think he'll be fine. We might see um, a bit of a sophomore slump. It's not a sophomore year, but this will be his second year as a starter. I think we'll be okay. I don't love a lot of the other running backs right near him either. They're all a little risky right around him um, in terms of what we got here. Well, that's not true. I like Jordan Howard, DeMarco Murray. But like Lamar Miller, I don't love. Marshawn Lynch has got some question marks. So I like JJ. Now, Kenny Stills going the 14th round. If you want to take a deep flyer on him, that's fine because Cutler throws. That's what he likes to do. But again, Parker's been the guy he's been tending to lean to. Earlier this season, we said Kenny Stills. I am leaning now. Devonte Parker out of the two of them. And then deep picks. I don't think you should grab Julius Thomas. Some people are very high on him thinking that he's going to have a great season. But again, there's, I think you can get him if you want to off the waiver wire. And I think there are other tight ends. that will be more consistently more consistent throughout the season. So that's it. All right. Uh, Brandon, the Patriots. No Julian. Uh, Julian! Why am I covering? I'm covering like all the teams with the major injuries. Okay. So Julian Edelman is out for the season. It was really sad. It was a non-contact injury and we all knew exactly what that meant. The second that it happened, there's been a lot of talk about Chris Hogan. People are obsessed with Chris Hogan and I have no problems with Chris Hogan, but I do want to point out a couple things about him. A he's the deep ball and Julian Edelman is not. And so I'm not entirely sure how this all goes hand in hand. B Chris Hogan was actually on the field already for eight over 80% of the snaps for the New England Patriots last season and he ended up the wide receiver 60 in fantasy so yeah it could go up to 90% but again I'm, I'm just not quite sure I think they're probably going to spread it out everywhere which is why I don't really know if I like anybody I like Tom Brady obviously um, you are, you're going to have to take him in the second or third round if you want him maybe a down to the fifth I don't ever suggest doing that especially with someone that's older like Tom Brady I do like Gronkowski who is also kind of a deal right now in the second or third round he used to be a first round pick so that's just a reminder there he's just much better than everybody else in terms of um, uh, the other tight ends in the National Football League. I will say this about Rob Gronkowski. He's also the short ball. I think that maybe he'll benefit, not benefit, no one benefits from an injury, obviously, but his pro productivity will benefit from uh, Julian Edelman's absence. Um, but then it's just kind of a, a mishmash of, is it Danny Amendola who used to work in the slot a little bit? It could be Chris Hogan or Brandon Cooks more downfield. But again, I think you're forgetting about the fact that Tom Brady has always done short passes like Drew Brees. He's very accurate on short passes. So he needs that and that's just not what these guys do but listen it's going to be spread around you know who i think is going to do it james white i think james white's the only guy on this team who has a defined role he's definitely the pass catching back i think maybe rex burkhead a little bit and then everybody else i just i just don't know you guys it's it is going to be all over the place the target share is is borderline uh unintelligible in terms of like trying to make a projection and by the way i was going back and forth today with mike clay of espn who was like a stat guru and he was saying the exact same thing he's like this is the worst time this is the worst team to project i have no idea what this chris hogan thing is about it's just it's out of control so uh they're gonna all be overdrafted because they're patriots and they will eventually score points we just don't know which week well i didn't realize i put this in here but it's not nice having the jets right after the patriots to talk about that's just not nice <laughs> <laughs> but i covered the jets so let me just get into it rumor has it uh matt forte is on the trading block for the jets Oof. there's no question the jets have given up on 2017 we're moving on 
to greener pastures, I'm guessing in 2025 when there's another eclipse, but who knows? <laughs> who knows? Matt Forte is 32 years old and hasn't had injury issues, but guess what? So has Bilal Powell. He's going in the sixth round, and obviously that ADP is going to go up if they end up draft or end up trading Mr. Matt Forte by the end of the week. Mm. Um, so we'll see. But here's my deal with Powell. It's not hard to block, defend one guy on the offense, and that's literally the only person on this offense. That concerns me, seeing how he is injury-prone, that he stick 10 guys on him. Because who else are you going to stick him on? He's going to get hurt again. So i I concerned about anybody. I'm not going to get into the wide receivers because um, that would be silly. But I guess if you're going to throw a dart, it's Robbie Anderson. But I can't imagine him being able to get out of, like, coverage. So I'm <laughs> staying away. Oh, and even more depressing news, we have the Buffalo Bills, Ashley. Sean McCoy is the only must-start here, and he's going with – third running back off the board. So again, unless you're the one of the top picks, you're not going to get him. I'm worried about Jordan Matthews and I'm worried about Zay Jones just because this is the Buffalo Bills and they haven't exactly looked great. Uh, if you look at other guys around them in the same tier, you've got the Adam Thielen of the world, Randall Cobbs, Tyrell Williams, Mike Wallace, Cooper Cup, the Marvin Jones. I think I like all of them better than I like Matt uh, Jordan Matthews and Zay Jones, just because I don't know what's going on with this offense. They have no trust in Tyrod Taylor. So he's, you know, 20th quarterback off the board. But at this point, I don't think, you know, if you can really pick him because we don't know what's going on. So for me, the only person I'm really targeting on this team is really LaShawn McCoy. Fabulous. All right, let's move on to the AFC North. We have the Baltimore Ravens. Even better news, right? Right? No? Mm. Yeah, at the end, this will be really short. Danny Woodhead is going the eighth. Terrence West is going the seventh. They're the only two people I'm really heavily considering. Um, all the wide receivers are going super late. You got Mike Wallace going the 12th. Jerry Macklin's going the eighth, despite the fact that he is listed behind Mike Wallace on the depth chart. Um, and then Brashard Perryman has no ADP, who is technically a starter on this team. So this just means no one has any confidence at all in the Ravens in any way, shape, or form. And I'm not willing to really draft a Raven on this team, other than Danny Woodhead. And I do like Terrence West potentially um, as a wide you know, running back three, because he is, again, a starting running back on this team. And him and Woodhead will have very distinct roles. They're very different running backs. So I think there's place for both of them. So I'm not nervous about one really vulturing from the other. And then Joe Flacco, you're not drafting. Ravens defense, you could potentially draft. They're coming the 13th off the board. So if you're in a deep league uh, that has, you know, 14 or 16 teams and the Ravens are an option. But other than that, really just Danny Wood and Terrence West from this team. I mean, unless Joe, until Joe Flacco comes back, I mean, how do you know what's going on at all? And Ryan Malik can't even. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I mean, there's. Today. I, well, I know, but I mean, in the game, you know, like in the right, you know, it's there's fine. nothing again. Talk about not being able to really project or predict anything. It's just it's too risky, Ugh. and none of them have enough Ugh. high enough ceiling for me to really like it. They're all I like Mike, I like Wallace. I think to me, I like I. I mean, in the twelfth, okay, if you want to take a yeah, flyer. yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. perfect yeah. dart throw. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, don't reach. But for Jerry him, Macklin's but. too high in the eight. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, I'm not way too high. Oh yeah, no, yeah, no. All right, Cincinnati Bengals uh, must starts that AJ Green character. Love him. So Tyler good. Eifert in the sixth round. I love him. I agree. I'm, I'm totally in the Eifert on the Eifert train. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Andy Dalton in the 11th round, perfect quarterback too. I, you know, you can probably get him deeper than that. Cincinnati's defense, we have them ranked number 13th, so they're right on that cuff of draftable um, defenses. And you, listen, we're worried about the running backs for this team, right? I mean, you got Joe Mixon going in the fourth round. And Jeremy Hill going in the ninth round, the bottom of the ninth round, so really like the tenth round. Joe Jeremy Hill is the number one guy. Joe Mixon is the better talent. Is it going to stay like Hill's number one, Mixon's number two? Maybe, maybe not. Mixon did fumble the ball, which is, you know, okay. Rookies are going to fumble the ball, especially in preseason. I think it's good that he got it out of his system, hopefully out of his system, and not it's not going to be a continuous problem. But listen, I – I don't love Mixon in the fourth round. I think that's too high for a guy um, that's not starting. And there's a little guy named Giovanni Bernard on the team too that's barely dra- barely getting drafted. He's going in the 14th round. Um, it's a very crowded backfield. And I think it's going to continue to be crowded. So I think the fourth round for a very crowded backfield is too high. John Ross is on the team. I really only like him for Dynasty. I don't think he will make an impact this year, to be honest. Since they're yeah, kind of that team, they just don't need a wide receiver too. Um, so I I just like him in Dynasty. Pittsburgh Steelers, Brandon. Well, and you know what's funny about that, Courtney, is that Brandon LaFell is the the wide receiver wide too, receiver. which right. I know is your favorite. Or one of he's my favorite, right? So I'd rather take a Where, late. Who does Ross Schrader play for? Oh, somebody got an extended contract. Boom, boom. Uh, oh, boom, boom speaking boom. of contract, Joe Hayden just got signed by the Pittsburgh Steelers after yep. being released by the Cleveland yep. Browns, and I'm going to cover the Browns next. So it's just kind of like a little marriage right there. It's kind of nice. Uh, big news. The Steelers traded for Vance McDonald from the 49ers uh, over this week. And the play of the matter is that's probably because Jesse James was like cement hands, uh, couldn't catch any of his targets. They're not quite <laughs> sure what's going on there. So I think they were like, oh, dear God, we got to do something. Uh, Vance McDonald hasn't exactly been a, you know, this, this symbol of productivity either. Uh, but I still think that it is an upgrade there at that position. So if yeah. you were going to take a late round flyer on Jesse James for touchdown upside, it's not him. But Vance McDonald for touchdown upside, I don't hate in deep best ball leagues. Or if you're in a really deep league in general or starting a dynasty league that's going really deep. He's you know, never going to get touchdowns. Come on. Did Heath Miller ever get a touchdown? Yeah. 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 Yes. He loved Heath Miller. I know, but he, he never got touchdowns. Him. It wasn't like he was like a touchdown crazy person and he loved Heath Miller. He well, loved him. Jesse James had t- had touchdown games. That's all I'm okay. saying. I'm okay. just saying I think it's possible. It's it's an upgrade. It is it's an, an upgrade. upgrade. It's an upgrade. All right. Le'Veon Bell is still not at practice. Supposedly he's showing up in the next couple days here. Um, he's basically not going to be in the preseason or camp or anything like that. He should be A-OK. But for someone who's an injury prone, I'm a little concerned. Uh, he's still the number two pick overall. Uh, I do think that he should be picked after David Johnson. However, I did do a draft where I was the second pick, and the guy before me took Le'Veon Bell. So I got David Johnson, and that was fine with me. So uh, you'll see some funky stuff like that. It is what it is. If you are into all of the other pass catchers, you're probably going to be into Ben Roethlisberger and think of him as a late round pick. He's someone that's going off the board as barely even a quarterback one, but frankly, he was not a quarterback one last year. So 
Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's it's dicey. Uh, Martavis Bryant still isn't fully reinstated, to be entirely frank. Also, he's been playing okay, but um, he's been playing a lot with the twos as well, including our favorite, Landry Jones. So um, that's a little concerning because he's going in the fourth round. A lot of talent there, but, you know, it's interesting. Antonio Brown's a stud, obviously. Um and yeah, I mean, that's Miss Liet. Also, probably one of the higher uh, handcuffs, I'll say real quick though, uh, late, James Conner has been having a very strong preseason and people are very into him. He's a hometown boy. And as we know, the Le'Veon Bell handcuff has been productive and needed uh, numerous times over the last few years. So uh, I think that John Conner should be someone that is on your radar. Oh, the Browns. The Cleveland Browns. Okay, you guys. Well, listen. I always say that it's really great to go and get value in bad teams for the wide receiver position. You can still get that with Kenny Britt. Right now he's going over in the uh, 11th round overall ADP. He went over 1,000 yards last year with Los Angeles Rams under Jeff Fisher, which is crazy. But I'm going to tell you something right now, guys. We've been sleeping on Corey Coleman. Corey Coleman has had 14 to six targets uh, in comparison to Kenny Britt and Deshaun Kaiser is now for sure. And it is Deshaun, even though it's spelled Deshaun, Deshaun Kaiser is the official starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. And they even said they're going to stick with him yeah. no matter what. And he calls Corey Coleman, his boy and, or his, ma his man, or I don't know, they call each other male names. I don't know. One of those things. And then they call <laughs> you know, and so they have this great rapport. I think you guys, he, is you know just in tw the year before he got drafted he caught 20 touchdowns 2-0 at Baylor I think this yep. guy has the talent but he got hurt in the preseason with a hamstring but he's a-okay now and I think when he got hurt with the hamstring we all freaked out myself included but it's someone that you need to pay attention to 10th round ADP I've seen him go later he's having great preseason pay attention great offensive line Isaiah Crowell that's why he's going in the third round and by the way Isaiah Crowell created 3.2 yards after contract on average last season as well so he can create yards on his own David Johnson's kind of had an off and on season but he's a double digit Duke. guy Duke Johnson I'm sorry yeah David Johnson not so much off and on and I think you want that <laughs> much, yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> but you know what? The line protects Duke Johnson the way they protect Isaiah Crowell. And he may be either a, a great handcuff or B, uh, just someone's involved with the passing game. He is the only running back in the national football league to have back-to-back -back seasons with 500 receiving yards. That's right. That's it. It's just Duke Johnson. Weird. I know. And, uh, I, I, I listen, I, I just think Deshaun Kaiser is going to be a great, you know, kind of buoy feeling good for the Cleveland Browns. They still have a bad defense though. And I think actually Deshaun Kaiser is going to have Deshaun Kaiser is going to have some very interesting games where he's going to have to throw the ball a lot to keep up. So uh, if you're in a two quarterback or super flex league, we talk about this. If you, if they for sure have the job, then you can consider drafting them towards the end. And then guess what? Kaiser has the job. Kaiser has the job. All right. We're going to move on to the AFC South, the Houston Texans. You're starting Lamar Miller. He's going in the middle of the third round. DeAndre Hopkins, the end of the third round. The Houston Texans are my only confident pick, really, though, in Houston. I do love me some Houston's defense. Um, my worry pick, I guess, is everybody else. And kind of Lamar Miller and DeAndre Hopkins as well. I don't know. This offense just hasn't like had the chemistry that I'm expecting yet. Um, 
deeper picks. I think Deontay Fre- uh, Foreman, excuse me, he's going at the end of the 13th round. He has a few guys before him on the depth chart. I think he will sneak up throughout the year. Um, Um, and as for the quarterback situation, Tom Savage is the starting quarterback. But I don't know for how long. Deshaun Watson has had some difficult times. It's not like he looks fabulous either. Um, but I think Watson's the guy, especially in Dynasty, uh, to pick up. Um, and he could end up being a quarterback streamer at the end of the year this year. Ashley, what about the Jags? Allen Robinson uh, is going the fifth 23 wide receiver off the board. I think that's about where he should go. He's really the only offensive weapon on this team right now, other than potentially Leonard Fournette. Fournette is a rookie. He is going in the very end of the second round, 11th running back off the board. He's dropped a little bit, and I think he should. And the reason for that is because this offensive line is horrendous. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is appalling how bad they are. Uh, my only concern is that Ivory is behind Fournette as well as Yeldon. Uh, there has been talk that there's going to be a bit of a committee going here. So I think for me with where Leonard Fournette falls, uh, you know, Todd Gurley's right there. Isaiah Crowell is after Leonard Fournette. I think I'd almost rather pass Leonard Fournette and get Isaiah Crowell because this offensive line is truly that bad. Um, just my personal preference. I don't think this is going to be an Ezekiel Elliott situation that we had last year because Ezekiel Elliott was behind such a fantastic offensive line. This is the exact opposite. This is a horrible offensive line, which is not going to help a rookie out who already has had injuries in terms of an ankle injury coming into the season. He's not fully healthy quite yet. So it's just not quite the start that I want to see. I do think he's a talent. If you're in Dynasty, by all means, you have to draft Leonard Fournette. But I'm a little bit nervous, and I personally think I would rather wait and get Isaiah Crowell a couple positions behind than to get Leonard Fournette. Well, Marquis, I stretched for yeah. Isaiah Crowell, and I got a C on Yahoo and told to be to study more. So. Well, then you'll probably win your league. Anyone that gets high <laughs> draft results generally does not win, just FYI. When you win your draft, that's a bad sign. Thank you. Just saying. Um, everybody else is, you know, I don't really love. Alan Hearns is rumors that the Jags are shopping him, so he may not be on the team anymore. Marquise Lee is the other wide receiver, but he is currently hurt. He just got out of his boot. Uh, he has never started more than eight games the past three seasons, but he has gotten 886 yards uh, while starting only six games last season. So he is a talent when he is on the field. Uh, for no ADP, this is a guy I'd be okay with a boom and bust on because you can get him so low as a, as like a very late flyer. But that's really it from this team. All right. The Colts. How yeah. they have fallen. Wow. You know, we were just talking about how Baltimore, we can't tell what's going on because Ryan Mallett is just whatever. Special. Uh, <laughs> the Colts are worse because we have no idea what's going on with Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are being very cryptic as to what's going on with him and his shoulder. So we cannot trust that he's definitely going to be back by week one. Um, and that makes everyone very nervous for guys like T.Y. Hilton, who uh, is obviously a stud and will definitely be the number one target. But by whom? Because, you know what, they're not even going to commit to Scott Tolzien because he's been so bad. Um, they, they're actually, uh, considering they have a, a backup. I can't even find his name. Uh, a, another dude. That's just, I, I just won't even go there. But point is, is that, oh yeah, here it is. Stephen Morris, which isn't that the tobacco company? Anyway, um, 
I just maybe think I was about thinking it. Zach Morris from Save oh, the Valley. There you go. Either way, it doesn't sound like Andrew Luck, and so we're upset about it. Uh, Dante Moncrief has been, you know, Dante Moncrief. I, I listen. No one has any idea what this looks like, and it's sad because people thought that Jack Doyle could be a breakout. Um, you know, Frank Gore is still there. It looks like it's going to be Robert Turbin as his handcuff, but Marlon Max making some noise. But I'm out. I don't have anything else to say. There's nothing else to say because we have nothing to report. Gore's the only yeah. guy draft on this team right now. Well, Hilton, but I, I dropped him down in our rankings. So. Yeah. All right. The Tennessee Titans must start Demarco Murray, Derrick Henry, uh, Marcus Mariota, and Delaney Walker. Oh, Walker at the end of the seventh round. The value. The value. He's alive, people. He's still alive. Worried about. I'm worried about Eric Decker. I am not in love with any of the wide receivers going around Decker in the draft, I should say. So why not him? He's not the best schedule, but he has had a great cast around him, which does help. Uh, but without question, Rashard Matthews is the guy in Tennessee, you guys, and he's going in the 11th round as the number one wide receiver. So Decker has been dealing with some serious injuries, and that is never good for a guy that's 30 years old. He hasn't been able to practice with his new team and his young quarterback. This is just not my favorite. But just a little reminder, when he stays healthy, he can have over 1,000 yards and double-digit touchdowns. So there is upside, right? I'm definitely not like totally W downer about Decker, but I don't love the way he's coming into this season. Corey Davis' ADP is in the 10th round. Davis has been injured all of August with a hamstring issue. Soft tissues are never good. Perfect dynasty pick. He's very talented. He will be wonderful. I'm just not sure when that's going to happen this year. And again, Richard Matthews, this is the talent. This is the chemistry that Mariota loves. He, if he's not going to Walker, he wants to go to Matthews. That's the deal. Sorry, it's not sexy, but that's the reality we're living in. All right, AFC West, Brandon, the Chiefs. Disaster. Chiefs. I told you, I had all the major injuries. I was not kidding with you. So Spencer Ware is out for the entire season. It is official with a knee injury. He's going to have the surgery on his PCL and his and his LCL. And I mean, uh, I don't even know. Um, this is actually more significant than an ACL and MCL. So um, it's actually he's facing high odds to even be ready for, by week one next season. So it's very sad. Uh, so don't hold on to him. Don't put him in your IR. It is over. Uh, so that means that Kareem Hunt has become now the uh, running back du jour. And I think that Kareem Hunt and an Andy Reid offense is legit. We did move him way up to where we had Spencer Ware. I think we I think we moved him up from there. Uh, I think that he is going to be a stud. I have no problem with taking him. I think he and and Tyler or um and Travis Kelsey are the only two people that I feel confident in on this team. Tyreek Hill has not looked like a wide receiver one, people. Oof, surprise, nope. surprise. Yeah, so um, I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, but there's no one else there that I feel good about. So it, there, there's literally nothing else to talk about. The problem is, is that we talked about this earlier, but with Tyreek Hill is that we just have a very small sample size. Everything that he did last season was very gadgety. He had almost the same amount of receiving yards that he did rushing yards, and he didn't. He doesn't have the kick returns anymore, so I don't understand why we'd want him. Alex Smith is obviously a no-go. So, uh, yeah, this team is very cut and dry to me. Very easy. Ashley, the Broncos. 
Well, the Broncos are really easy as well. So your must-start to Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, C.J. Anderson, and Denver defense. Now, to talk about Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, I am looking at last year as virtually the benchmark because you've got Trevor Simeon, who was declared the quarterback. He will be the quarterback. The whole Lynch debacle is over. It is Simeon. And he's at least healthy this year. So he, if we look at last year, and he's going to be improved from this year, Demarius Thomas was the 17th best wide receiver, and Emmanuel Sanders was the 22nd. I love the value of Sanders because you can get Sanders in the seventh compared to Demarius Thomas in the third. I'm okay with either one of them. But for me, you're getting virtually the same production, but for a lot later rounds out of Emmanuel Sanders. But again, I like both of them. And I think they're going to do better this year than they did last year. I think the year before they were, uh, I want to say it was 16 and 18th highest. So they're always right within each other. So I like them a lot. CJ Anderson, he's looked really good this preseason. He's going in the fourth round, uh, 20th running back off the board. I would feel incredibly good about CJ Anderson as my RB two. I think he's going to have a good season if he can stay healthy. Um, he only played in seven games last year. So there are a little bit of health concerns, which brings me to Jamal Charles under my deeper picks. He's going the 11th round. This is the classic preseason chatter of people's being like, well, we don't even know if he's going to make the team. I don't know about Jamal Charles. I'm like, just stop. Please stop this. This is ridiculous. He looked so good. It was exciting. He looked so good. He looked so, so good. Jamal Charles, you can in the 11th, is insane value. Go get Jamal Charles. That is a great late-round pick right there. There's a good chance that – C.J. Anderson will not make it the entire time and that Jamal Charles will be able to step in or they're going to find a role to play with Jamal Charles because he looked really good. So as did C.J. Anderson, they both looked really good. So I'm a huge fan of that. Virgil Green, no ADP for him. Don't love him and don't draft Trevor Simeon unless you're in a two-quarterback league and you're desperate. Yes. All right, the Oakland Raiders must start. You have Amari Cooper going in the middle to the end of second round. I think that's debatable. Michael Crabtree is going at the end of the fourth round. Sebastian Janikowski, we have him ranked number 11 for kickers. So he's right there on the cuff. Um, they have a hard schedule. I've said it before. I can move on past it. They're very talented. I love their quarterback. Who I didn't even put up there, but Derek Carr is there as well. Um, so it's fine. Um, I'm worried about Marshawn Lynch, age, lack of time on the field. Um, I think that he's going to go balls to the walls at the beginning of the season. I will say that. I think he's going to be very productive at the beginning of the season, which also scares me for how old he is. Then he's going to get hurt because he's going to be like, this is awesome. I'm back on the field. This is great. This is my team. Blah, 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 blah. Bam. Done for the season. I'm not taking him. I might be the only one, but I'm scared. And then deeper picks, uh, listen, their tight end situation, they typically don't use their tight end. But when it says the tight end has a good matchup, stream the tight end. He'll be available. Just stream him because you're only going to want him on that one good matchup when the receivers have really bad matchups. That's when you're going to want him. Um, and then DeAndre Washington, I think Brandon drafted all of the running backs for the <laughs> Oakland Raiders <laughs> yeah, a few yeah, days ago. Did. Um, and it's not a bad choice because it is a good team. So, um, the, it's with a great of, offensive line with a great offensive line. And I think that 
the receivers have a hard, such a hard schedule that I think it's only going to be beneficial for those running backs. And with Marshawn Lynch being such a question mark with age and and lack of time in the field, that I think Brandon's on to something here. All right, the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, that name still sounds terrible. Uh, I think the only must start is Melvin Gordon, and the great news is he looks great. He it's looks really great. Good. Really he good. looks Chuck really good. Up. And Chuck so I am all in on Melvin Gordon. I am okay with you taking him as your first pick in the first round. You do you. I think that he has a possibility to lead the entire league in rushing guards. That's what you I think like about Keenan that. Allen? I think uh, he's also someone I, th I think that right now he's, you know, dropping a little bit in, in ADP. I think he also looks very good, frankly. Um, uh, the whole offense looks pretty good to be entirely frank. Uh, the only thing that I would say that I'm, I'm worried about is going to be a, um, will it definitely be Hunter Henry? Oh, and by the way, they held out Tyrell Williams as like a precautionary. He's fine. I actually like him as well this season. And he also is a value when you look at his ADP. So Keenan Allen right now is going at the end of the third round, although he's going a lot later in a lot of leagues that I'm in. And a lot of people are worried about his injuries. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. Um, but you know, Tyrell Williams is going in the ninth round right now and that's pretty great um he's actually had a really great preseason so something for you to think about uh and the only thing that i guess i'm kind of worried about is a uh if you have negative two points for interceptions you cannot draft philip rivers I, I i'm sorry you cannot no philip rivers don't do it to yourself and b can hunter henry live up to you know his second year in the league um you know he's been he's been good too but in preseason, but nothing too flashy. I think he'll be fine. Rivers loves tight ends, but I just wanted to put that out there that I'm a little bit worried he is going as a starting tight end. And again, tight ends, as Courtney says, are very frustrating. So I think that's kind of the big one. But uh, I, Courtney, I'm just disappointed you didn't bring up Seth Roberts. Oh, yeah. I was. Nope. A, can you believe Seth Roberts is making $12 million? I'm in a one-bedroom apartment. The same he has the same agent as, as Stafford. Genius. I don't know if he really does. But Love you. No. <laughs> Love you, Seth Roberts. <laughs> we just want to give you a shout-out because you, you make that money. You make that money. You make that money. You make that money. That's right. You $12 million. Dollars. Mm. You do you. Mm. I guess if they had a little extra money, why not give it to Seth, right? Why I mean, not? Good for you, Seth. Oh, I love it. All right. That is the rest of our show. That is it. Man, last week, irrelevant week. Here it is, you guys. All the games are on Thursday. So everybody has at least a week off. So make sure you are prepared for your Thursday night constant football watching. Um, it should be a pleasure. Thanks again to our sponsors, Pristine Auction and Bark Box. Thank you. Thank you. You can listen to us on Sirius XM Sports Radio on Saturday night from 9 to 11 Eastern. And make sure you ask us your questions on Twitter. You guys were there at Her Fantasy FB. And until next time, no more faking it.